You're tuned in to the biggest balls of them all. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast. We got sports and comedy for that ass. You about to go downtown, bitch, on the only podcast that sports platinum and brunette chicks. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast, you dig? Welcome to the Playing with Balls podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Lee, and I am recording in my beautiful, bougie uh, studio in Santa Monica, California, with my co-host, Callie, breathing heavily in the background and trying to already hook up with my guest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we all know how that goes. Callie the Bulldog is an ever-present part of the podcast. So I have got my friend, comedian, Graham Rogers on the podcast today. Hello, Graham. Hello, Shannon. How are you? Fantastic. You know, just hanging out with uh, your dog. I, so I was doing a podcast the other day and we had a dog and started humping my leg. Oh, during the podcast? Yeah, during the podcast. And I can't say I didn't like not not like it. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, it's, you know, you must have had given away some sort of, you know, positive energy mm-hmm. that the dog was like, I should hump you. Um, and, you know, actually, Callie, I, I have always thought she's like really into men because she acts really different when guys are around. She like gets on her back and is like, hey, I've got 84 nipples, like whatever. Look at me. I'm not wearing nipples. pants, you know, but um, and shows you her whole life story there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of her assets. But the Beautiful. only person she's ever humped during one of my podcasts is Eleanor Kerrigan. Damn. It was uncanny. She like Eleanor was like filming it because it was like so aggressive and Callie would not stop pumping her and I was like I don't know what that was about but it was like the funniest thing because because she like loves men and she like humped I bet Eleanor was like wearing like or she had probably just shaved her legs with some like smooth I shaving cream Eleanor said it's just this sultry. it's just the energy that she gives off so that's what we went with uh-huh. but I also think it could be a dominance thing too because Callie's an alpha female uh-huh. so if Same she here Hey, so are you. (laughs) Well, obviously, I I guess I always thought I was in life, but clearly I'm not because she doesn't try to hunt me. And I think she just is already like, oh, I own that one. So whatever. Yeah, but you're her you're her owner. She's like she knows better than to hump. Yeah, but she like steps like when I'm talking to her, she'll step on my foot. Damn. That's a dominance thing. Yeah. Step on her foot then. I do. She doesn't like it. Of course not. No um, one likes her feet being stepped on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I know. She does own me though, but she's a lo- like a little big ball of love. So I was I was thinking about getting like a dog or a cat and everybody every person that I propose that to, they turn like stark white and they say, Don't do it. Um, why? Yeah. I don't know. I think people think I'd be a bad pet owner. Well, have you ever had a plant? Uh no. Okay, so <laughs> no, and I I would I would I would dive right into the real thing though. Um, you know they say you should have a plant first and keep that alive and like let it grow, and then ha- then you get a pet. So maybe start with a plant first and then sh- and take pictures of it and send it to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, but the thing about plants is plants, you know, then you get bugs in your house. All right, well you That's can keep it I outside. I don't have an outside terrace. Oh. No, you don't get you don't get bugs in what your about house. A There's s- something called indoor plants. All right, you. I think I could see where this is coming from. So, so just just maybe, yeah. Wait on like getting something like a cat or a dog. Maybe get a fish. Get a Ab- fish. No, because absolutely not. Because a fish will end up just like dead. It will be dead, and then I'll like <laughs> the bowl. I'll end up using the bowl for cereal. And okay, that's why be- people think you shouldn't get a pet. That's probably now looking at it like that. Yeah, you're probably right. You know, um, honestly, I yeah, I can see what people are saying. I'm not saying I agree with that, but I think you're you're not making a strong case. So what about a cat or a dog for me? What do you think? Well, I think if you would accidentally use a fish bowl for cereal while a fish is in it, then the answer is um, 
no neither neither <laughs> maybe Damn. wait on it you know wait wait until you feel like you wouldn't use you wouldn't kill your like use your fishbowl as for cereal but when I you get to that point you have evolved Graham. See, the thing is is that like i don't care about a fish but i don't care about a puppy well you know what fi- fi- i was gonna say fishes fish Fishes are, don't have souls fish are so boring and i do so not boring. understand like why people have them because like they don't do anything they're so bored i think that it's gross they have like these big eyes and they're just like oh this is my life and i'm like that sucks yeah you know that's life sucks yeah especially like those uh those goldfish you get at the fair like where are those been like what kind of like what kind of person actually wants to win they put them in those little (laughs) bags like i just don't i I don't i don't get it what about what how about this on the flip side what if you're the person that puts them in the bag and that's like your job that's okay Really? Why? Yeah, because you don't have to deal with it after. That's your like. It's like supplying, uh, a- like arms to like, uh, like way like nations that are in war. Like you're just supplying it. You're not the one that's doing yeah, the damage. Yeah, but that still like says something about you as a person. You know, I mean, that actually that's too. That's a very interesting comparison. Putting a fish in a bag as a job versus being an arms dealer in a war. <laughs> Good one, Graham. Yeah, you know how our, our minds work. Yeah, right. Yeah, but what I can get on board with, though, is an exotic fish tank. So, like, say that, you know, I had, like, some space, probably needed, like, a few hundred, like, maybe, yeah, like, a, maybe a few hundred square feet. Yeah. But to get, like, you know, really, really do up a aquarium situation. I could see an aquarium being cool because, like, you know, there's something very calming about water, mm-hmm. you know, just being around mm-hmm. water. Like, I tried to get a water feature for my deck. I got I had a Buddha with like water coming out of it mm-hmm. it's over there actually i should throw it away because it looks really mm-hmm. like i look like white trash now that i just like have it out there and it doesn't work <laughs> with no water in it mm-hmm. um but you can't see it from right here but you should definitely check it out before you leave um it but it was it actually broke because it was a piece of shit but what for the, like the two days that it worked it was really calming because you could hear the water like That's it looked nice. like a little bit of a waterfall a trickling water yeah it, it also like make me have it made me have to pee i feel like more but Probably so psychosomatic yeah the trickling buddha and then you were like i mean i have to go use the restroom now <laughs> that that happens whenever you um look at it like you know you go to the doctor do you ever go to the doctor have, I, you, have do, you ever been to a doctor before I've, i i <laughs> <laughs> i do go to the doctor for occasionally yes does your doctor have an aquarium there um no but i know what you're talking i know what you're saying like it's like a lobby like a like a waiting office or waiting lobby what is it called waiting room kind of thing yeah like a waiting room yeah it's like to calm you down they should have that at the dentist because the dentist is scary as fuck i hate going to the dentist i have a cavity this is really bad i've never waited this long i have a cavity and i um have to get it filled and i like couldn't make it to my appointment because i had a show and i realized i cut it too close um, so I canceled it and that was in June and it's August now that I was supposed to get it filled. So like, because the dentist is scary. So the dentist should have all the stuff. My point is the dentist that I am taking a bad care of my teeth at this time, but also the dentist should have like a fish tank and like all mm-hmm. the most soothing things because I just even think that noise is like, bleh. yeah, well, that's a saw in your mouth. Ew. That's not, yeah, that's, that's painful just to even think about i hate it all right let's not talk about the dentist but what i was talking about is when you see like an aquarium like say you go to like an aquarium in san diego do you ever just want to hop in there and like swim with the fishes 
Like I, I, no. I always like want to like be part of the coral. Well, you know why I don't? Because I'm not a strong swimmer and I took uh-huh. swimming lessons and everything growing up, but I don't know why. I, I literally was just having this conversation the other day. I forget with who about, um, I, for whatever reason, I just like, am I'm not a strong swimmer and I know how to swim, but I'm just like really bad at it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really scared of stuff in the water that can kill you. Um, and I like, we'll never go scuba diving. And I'm, I like to like explore. I'm very adventurous, but like the water is something that I like the idea of it, but like, like I like a pool, like a yeah. pool is nice, but like, I don't really like uh, scary stuff in the water that can kill you. Yeah. I'm not equipped to handle that. And I got circled by a barracuda once. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like almost like drowned, like trying to get back to this boat. Um, wow, you almost killed yourself. Uh, and the barracuda, with the pa- yeah, yeah, the yes. barracuda was just hanging out, and it was you that would have done more damage. Well, the barracuda could kill you. I mean, that's a very terrifying fish. I feel like a barracuda sushi roll would be kind of exotic and fun to eat on a first date. Yeah, I guess so. It could be right. Like you get, it's like you have like a forty-five percent chance of getting poisoned. Barracuda in general is just like scary business, you know. My mom was just telling me, but they're all my whole family's at the Jersey Shore right now, and mm-hmm. she said that they were fishing yesterday, and they and one of them accidentally caught. Uh, my, my like brother-in-law's like friend accidentally caught a stingray mm. and it was like just bashing it was like huge it was like 30 pounds she said and she's like it was so cool and she's like she's like don't you think that's cool I was like no I literally am trying to fi- figure out like why that's cool <laughs> she's like yeah it was like but it was just cool to see you know and I was like I don't think that that I would enjoy that I don't think I'd enjoy a, ba- a, a stingray being caught on a fishing pole and watching it thrash around <laughs> for a while and then watching it break the line and swim away. I, I don't, you know what I mean? That doesn't seem like, like prime entertainment. That seems kind of like white trash entertainment. I agree. You but know? they are at the Jersey Shore right <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, and the Jersey, Jersey Shore already gets a bad rap. It's actually an awesome place. Have you ever been? Um, no, but I would really like to go. I would. I think I would do good on a boardwalk. Because you're, why? I don't know. I, I, I just can imagine That's where. such a random state. I just think I could do like, I think I, I could really like thrive in that environment around like people uh, that are a little different from me. But like, you know. We can probably come together on some some things, you know, where I feel like people on the Jersey Shore wear those fun sunglasses that have like born to party written on the sides <laughs> of them. You, you would think, right? Well, then why if you if you think you would do well on a boardwalk, why don't you live in Venice right here? Ah, there's too many tall dudes around here. What? Yeah. And oh like God, your insights are very interesting. There's too many tall dudes in Venice. And also the girls are like they're too flowery. Do you like, think I'm flowery? I mean, I, I kind of like, I mean, I'm a West Side girl, you know? Yeah, but you can kind of go wherever I feel like. Like, I feel like a real West Side girl is like, they always are wearing Ray-Ban sunglasses. So and you're saying I'm take, not a real West Side girl? Not really. I, ha- I wear Ray-Bans. Yeah, but like, you don't like exclusively hang out here and like. True. I don't, I, I feel like every girl on the West Side has, has some like. They have like their own yoga page. Like, <laughs> you know, I every girl like except me. Every girl on the West Side, but I'm not. Ex- I'm not included in that. The most statement. West Sidey thing you have here is a TP for your dog. <laughs> like seriously, that is pretty. That, that is pretty Venice. That's, that's Look, very Venice. I have a mirror shaped like a surfboard. Yeah, that's kind of like that's kind of Venice-y, but you're the TP like definitely wins out above everything. Okay, so to give everyone a visual, I have a TP in my living room. Um, for those that have been listening to the podcast for a long time, that what used to be there was a sex chair. We would call it. Oh yeah. Because if it was like so, it was a it was a 
impulse buy that I bought from another comedian, uh, Jenna Brister, and it looked like a bougie like chase lounge, but it ended up being like this monstrosity. It was huge. She like slobbered all over it and it was like shaped like it should be in a sex room wait she slobbered jenna jenna brister no, no, slobbered no. all over the sex chair if jenna listens to this she'd be like bitch why are you talking shit on me yeah. on my on your podcast no callie slobbered all over uh-huh. it and then it just became this like awful thing and but she got really callie got really upset when i got rid of it because it was just like everybody that came over was just like i mean it's just for sex because it's it's just shaped like something that would be in like an S and M dungeon, mm-hmm. you know, like, like a heart it, it was it was no, it was shaped correctly in in a lot of ways, but like it just looked really bad for my like living room. So mm-hmm. I got her a TP in place of it because I thought you know she should have something, yeah. Um, and also, like, not something that looks like it should be, should be in a sex dungeon. So she really hasn't taken to the TP as much as she did the sex chair. <laughs> Um, well, the sex chair is like so much fun, you know. Like it's you get those tantric vibes. A teepee, you can do some fun stuff in there, though. Like you could definitely have sex in that teepee. Yeah, but I've spent I've actually spent more time in the teepee than she has. <laughs> <laughs> when I first got it, I loved it so much that I set up string lights in there, Whoa, and nice. it wasn't as hot because it's too hot right now. Yeah. But it wasn't as hot, and I um, set up like a, like floor cushions in there, oh, um, like yeah. meditation. Oh yeah. And I like sat in there and I like read a book. I get, that, that's like so Wes Anderson-y of you to yeah, do that. It is, right? That's really, yeah. And I feel like Bill Murray should pop out with like a sailor's cap on and yeah. like salute you. It's it's really cool, right? And then um, I stare at it all the time and I just think it's the coolest like accent now in my living room. Mm-hmm. And she won't go in it. Because you can't... So I tra- this is how I trained her though because this is how you train a bulldog. You tell them that they can't do something and then... Uh, like you don't tell her to do it you tell her she can't do it and then you do it and so like i was hanging out in there and then she would try to come in and i'm like nope you can't come in here and then she would then stare at it for like weeks because she was just thinking about how much she wanted to defy me uh-huh. and then eventually wow. the other day i found her sleeping in there Ooh. and so that's how you get them to do something now she thinks she won but i really won yeah yeah because you're you're a human because you have to use reverse like because everybody says my dog owns me but you have to use reverse psychology on a dog on a bulldog because they're so fucking stubborn and defiant when you when someone tells you that your dog owns you how does that make you feel uh, that would, that, i think that would upset me a little bit if that's the one like bit of feedback i got from me and my pet was like yeah that dog or a cat or a gerbil owns you <laughs> gerbil owns you if a gerbil owns you then you have bigger issues in life i yeah, would say yeah, um so screwed. yeah you should really think about <laughs> what you're doing with your life if a gerbil owns you when people say cat like a bulldog my cali my bulldog owns me i just tell them to fuck off and it doesn't bother me whatsoever because i know that they don't know how to be a bulldog owner because Mm -hmm. it's like they're a specific kind of breed Mm -hmm. and most like i'm like you guys all have like golden retrievers who are like up your ass all the time and like so annoying and like so needy callie is not needy she like she's very lovable she's like but she's situationally lovable just like me like yeah you know what i mean because like i'm not right light you're lovable what's that like in the in the right light you're lovable yes but in but in other cases i am not yeah exactly (laughs) you're lovable from the hours of like 7 p.m to 10 p.m well no i would say i'm like i i am a little bit like people my whole life have told me i'm like a bulldog so i'm like i might as well get one Mm -hmm. and actually when i was young i didn't even think about this till after i had her i was an i was an ugly kid like i was like a late bloomer Mm -hmm. like i was not pretty for a while and um 
so the boys would be in, were mean to me, and they they said I looked like a bulldog, and they'd always Damn. call me that. They call you bulldog. They call me Shane. bulldog. They call me a bulldog, and I used to be really like sensitive because I'm like I am ugly, and then I grew up, and and then I got like prettier, and but then people said I was a bulldog, and it pissed me off because I'm like. I feel like I don't look like that anymore. Different people in different walks in my life. And they're like, no, because you're stubborn and like you're defiant. And you're very single minded when you have like something that you want. You like bulldoze your way into like getting it like which is not a bad thing. You know, mm. it's because I have like that's just assertiveness. Yeah. So, yeah. So I got one. People used to call me a candy cane. You know, I have hurts <laughs> like cause I have like that's that's white legs, red pubic hair and then white and red again. It's like I'm striped all the way through, you know? Well, I, I can't. You can't. Okay, I can't. Did you say it hurts? It hurts I when mean, people call you that. No, it doesn't that hurt. Really, it, that's it, cool. It reminds you. It reminds of me of Christmas. Yeah, I feel like most of my vibe is kind of holiday-ish. Like I feel like if you could, you could, you could ground <laughs> me up like in a spice, you'd be I'd be good like in like in a cookie on a cookie or a cake or maybe like a nutmeg. Like kind a of candy vibe. cake, like a minty cookie or something. Like a minty spicy cake cookie yeah i would say i would say you got a little spice to you yeah. you know yeah i would say so like a little cinnamon spice yeah now yeah. you you still have i now when i first met you um i didn't know like i i didn't realize you were from like the south south but now that you're talking like some words that you say i mm -hmm. like definitely can hear like the drawl mm -hmm. you're from mississippi right yeah so that's like real southern yeah that's that's like the deepest south you can get you know alabama mississippi mm. what was it like like growing up i went to school in south carolina and i feel like i, I was I went through a culture shock because I'm from the Northeast, mm -hmm. you know, like people would call me like a Yankee and stuff, but I almost went to school. I don't know if I ever told you this in Alabama. Where? I almost went to Aub Auburn. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I went to Clemson instead. But like, I had no I idea. I you went to Clemson. Yeah. You okay, didn't know cool. that? Yeah, my, my, actually, my cousin uh, went to Clemson and he was, uh, he was student body uh, president at really? Clemson University. Yeah, smart guy. Now he's a, now he's a lawyer in Georgia. Wow, he yeah. sounds like he really did well for himself. Yeah, he did. He's a yeah, he's he's a good guy. Um, I was definitely not the student body president, but uh, I was very involved in certain extracurriculars, but not important. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I went. I almost went to school in Alabama, and my, my my. So how I'm relating that to you is like I had no idea what I was doing because I'm from New Jersey, and so mm -hmm. I was like this is awesome and cool. But then when I went there, and it was, I had like no idea that like how culturally shocking it was going to be as like a girl from New Jersey going to school in South oh, Carolina. Yeah. So I'm like, really, I really was like, Oh, thank goodness. I didn't go to Alabama. I, don't, I think that would have been even harder. Cause it's even more like South deep South. You I, think know? You could, uh, I mean, I think anyone can adopt their surroundings. Yeah. And I did. And I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at it first I was like, Oh my God, where am yeah, I? Yeah, Of course. I mean, that's the way I felt when I first moved out here to California. Like I was like, I remember the first time I went out, to, went to church here, went to Easter service, and there's a gay pastor giving the sermon. How did that? And how I was, was that? I would, I would, could not believe it. I went out mid sermon, called my mom. What? Yeah, I was just like, I. She I called talk, your. He called I, your mom. I called my mom. Oh, I thought you said the sermon called your mom. I'm no, like, how that'd did, be weird. How did that work? And the choir behind him was like the gay men's <laughs> choir of uh, Los Angeles, and I just remember thinking how like how that would never happen in the South. So how many years have you been in LA now? Six years. So when you first moved, so so okay when so moving here from you you moved here from Mississippi. Yeah. From so Mississippi. from so from a place like Mississippi, moving to such like a liberal like hippy dippy mm -hmm. place. Well, California in general is that way. I'd say like San, areas like San Francisco are probably, in my opinion, just having lived up north, like a little bit more 
like granola in some cases, mm-hmm. but you have a lot of it here too. But super liberal, like yeah. super like you know, uh, I don't know, alternative methods for doing things, you know, conversations that you have, you hear here uh, that are so normal about like crystals and stuff yeah, are so like normal. not anything you'd ever hear back there. No, if, if you bring up a crystal in the South, like you'll probably be shot <laughs> on spot, you know? Yeah. Or like here it's healing. like everybody has crystals. Even I do. I have one right in there. Yeah. We didn't even believe in, in therapy in the South. Yeah. I mean, my family doesn't believe in therapy really either, but that's because that. They're Ir- part of them are Irish. Yeah. I don't think other parts of the... I mean, I remember I went to speech therapy because I had a stutter. And then I stole my uh, speech therapist candy. And then she wouldn't take me back. So I was into that. Do you think that... Um, be you, <laughs> do you Do you think that being out here has like helped you adapt in a good way because yeah. it is so different? Absolutely. I've done more growing out here in California than I ever have in any other part of my life. That's so good. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I was like... I was, it was, it was such a, I was able to like completely expand my horizons on what I thought was because like when you're geographically insulated and you're very used and accustomed to that social environment, that's all you know. Yeah. Right. So like if, if you are, if you live in the South and you, uh, eat in the South and you travel and you vacation in the South, then like you just don't know what's you just like the other side of the coin is just like so uh foreign to you and yeah. so it took a while to really but like it really really grew uh my just like my thoughts on a lot of things and it made me so much more open to i mean it takes so much to offend me like you can't it's like almost impossible like there's nothing i won't talk about that's awesome and that's really healthy to be able to like develop that way you know mm-hmm. uh, now does your family because they all still live there, I assume. No, or? no one in my family lives in the same time zone. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah, that's got to be weird. It's super. It's yeah, it's very disorienting. So my sister's in England. Oh, that's awesome. She's studying to do um, physical therapy and sports nutrition out there. Oh, cool. Yeah, should have had her on the podcast. I know she, she knows way more. <laughs> she she likes those Euro sports like cycling and. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> she has. Uh, I think my sister's biggest regret is she has levilo written on the inside arm and her, on her inside right arm and which means the bicycle and now she doesn't even like cycling anymore so that's oh, a mistake yeah that's, that's the thing about tattoos that's though. hasty like I, hasty move yeah that's a hasty move like I gave myself a face tattoo the other day and I really liked it but I could wash it off you gave yourself like underneath my eyes I said fuck you um, what did you in sharpie and then I put it upside down cross why did you do that because I was feeling a certain way so you drew on your face. It was Sharpie, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck did you do that? <laughs> do you know how like hard that is to get wash off? It, like, it wasn't. It wasn't hard at all. I literally slept, and it was like I had mascara smeared all over my face. Oh my face. god, you were so weird. Like, why did you write on your face? Because I was feeling angry. All right. And I was in Sharpie. I, I, so under one eyelid, I said, "I had fuck," and then under the other eyelid, I said, "You," and then upside down cross <laughs> coming down one like uh, eye socket. Oh my god. I was feeling devilish. I don't even know how to respond to and that that's really. when i broke all my a lot of stuff in the apartment you because you broke your things yes. yeah i broke a bunch of lamps and um uh some bracelets i got at h&m i broke those too at where h&m well i mean look i guess like h and <laughs> h&m is like relatively cheap stuff <laughs> yeah. so like you could just go buy them again you know i think all in all i 
probably did like forty two dollars <laughs> worth of damage. <laughs> like it's so funny. Like wow, we, you really like blew it up in your apartment. <laughs> I, I I picked and choose what I could what I would break. Like that's, it's so, yeah, it wasn't like a full. It like your rampage is like at least your rampages are responsible. It's a responsible rampage. Oh, you're like I'm not gonna fucking break that. Yeah, you know, in your fit of rage, you're like I'm gonna break this like this like rubber band. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna break this like two dollar uh, bracelet, <laughs> and then I'm gonna tear up a book. And uh, but yeah, like I was about to pick up my AC unit and smash that, but I was like, no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> I was like, because then I would be without AC, and that like would be the most miserable thing. You know what? I think I think I mean we're not that far into the podcast, but I think so far I'd like to, I the, there's it's possible that I could make the title of this podcast uh, "Responsible Raging." Yeah, uh, this is it's year by Graham Rogers. By Graham you're Rogers, te- you're teaching us how uh. to be responsible. And you know what? Because it's because you're still like thinking about you're like I'm mad. But I'm only gonna break like I'm only gonna like tear up that ribbon. Yeah, you know? I'm mad, but I'm broke. Also, why do you? <laughs> you know, like one day I, I, I. Oh my god, do you talk about this on stage? Um, That's a good bit. I don't think I have yet, but I'm, I'm just kind of, it's kind of circulating in my. It might be a little new because it like just happened. No, but it's good. Like that's good to write new stuff. But that, you, that's a really good bit because I think? I, I think everybody can relate to those moments where like you just want to break shit. Like I, I have certain instances where I. I see red. Like, I don't, I don't, my, my roommate in college told me I had an anger management problem, but I just think it's because I was like more of a bull in a china shop then, uh, back mm. to the bulldog reference, but meaning like I was young and I didn't know how to like process my like emotions properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now when I like, I still get triggered, you know, certain things trigger you, mm-hmm. but like you have to like snap out of it or you're, or like you do things that are like minimally damaging. Yeah. I think a lot of people that like, like can can relate to what you're saying and if you like the and if you decode that into a bit it's like i'm mad but i'm poor yeah (laughs) so you're like a responsible rager you know responsible rager like i made sure that like it wasn't um irreconcilable damage and like so the other day also like i woke up and i like when i I go from naps i'm like reconcilable raging reconcilable raging um but I woke up from a nap and I was feeling some way also. You know, when you wake up from naps, you just feel funky. Yeah. And I, and I just like had this primal urge to just get out. But, you know, you got to be responsible so I could only go like, so I got hot in my car, you know, just to drive. But, you know, I only have a certain amount of gas. I, you know, kind of limit myself to eight miles there and eight miles back. <laughs> You're like, I have to work out this fucking issue in 16 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I have 16 miles to, to deal with this issue. Yeah. And you you're know? like, get out. But like that, that's, that's actually so funny. You just like wrote a bit and you have two good jokes in there so far. It's that's amazing. Like you have to work out. Yeah. We're doing things. Yeah, we are. We are doing things and you're working out your, your issues. And hopefully. Calf by, yeah. And calf muscles mm-hmm. <laughs> by talking about it because that's the most important thing. I always it's feel mo- it's the most important thing. It community is. And, being social and um, talking about just just being with the friends and feeling the feeling like you belong is the most important thing to happiness. I think it's all about like the human connection. You know, mm-hmm. that's why like I know I never like there's situations where like the I think the bad parts of L.A. people or, you know, connections or maybe it's the industry that we're in. Maybe it's because it's so hard. And I know there's, you know, people like shitty people everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I, I sometimes I'm like how like when I have bad interactions with people or like say I'm like dating someone and they like would rather like, you know, things are going well, but they would rather like break up with me and then be that's not like an uh, like an issue. It's just like something that's happened before. I'm like. The whole thing is like developing relationships and like moving forward and like connecting more because that's what makes us like feel good and learn more and like be able to like communicate more. And I just don't understand like it's always very difficult for me 
to come across people that like aren't that way and so i think that it, what i'm saying is it's a good thing probably what i'm saying because it means i tend to try to surround myself with only people that like uh-huh. want to connect and want to be in a community and like want to move forward in life you know it's, yeah it's so important like i mean i was dealing with something like for like a few months like i have a i i am a big isolator like i like to control and isolate my environment so like for the beginning of the year like i was just doing things by myself and it was like you know it was just like a weird way to deal with like your feelings is like okay like i know that like even though like it's lonely but i i can control and isolate my like where i'm living and yeah. i know nothing can hurt me here but it's that's no way to like really go throughout life and i think it's really easy in, in big cities to isolate yourself totally you know because you like you can literally come up with a hundred excuses not to do anything yeah i think know? i've done that i've had like periods where i've done that where i've I've stayed really I've I've looked really and then what happens is you really internalize things when you do that when you and then when you internalize things it's like you don't know that you're actually being unhealthy f- to yourself because you're keeping things bottled up mm-hmm. and so you think like by do, doing the things that you can control because everything else is you're fe- maybe feeling so out of control mm-hmm. like it, it it breeds like unhealthy behavior so it's like Definitely. the key is like i feel like i i like cry a lot more now because i like actually my sister said that too she's like you're becoming like mom I and i'm like that's a good thing i'm like you know what i cry to dave matthews quite often oh my god i can't even listen to dave matthews anymore i've gone to too many concerts where i acted <laughs> like a dick like when i was younger but i i feel like i feel like that's a good thing because i feel like i like when you like are expressive to people and you're like you're vulnerable and like you work on yourself Mm -hmm. you know and you do have like the courage to like talk about what's going on and like help other people and and let other people help you because that's a tough thing too is to let other people support you and help you Um, but when you do that i feel like you get more in touch with with just like uh, you know your empathetic side funnier I think I've become a lot funnier I, since I've been that way. Yeah, like I, I love like when someone asks me how I'm doing, like I'll, I'll just I'll like straight up like just tell you exactly. Yeah, I noticed like, that. Yeah, like <laughs> I'll, like I'll dive in the words of the great Larry David. I like to elevate small talk to medium talk very quickly. Oh, I like that. Isn't that great? Yeah, that is great. Yeah. You know what? I w- I would say yeah because when I I happened to run into you last night at the improv, mm-hmm. uh. I was like, how are you? And you you really told me everything. Yeah, But I don't mind because, I mean, you're my friend and I wanted to hear it. But I think that's really good because a lot of times people hold things in. And when you feel comfortable, you know, you know, say like just being who you are and like saying stuff, I think that's really healthy and good. So and also if you if you bring something more to the table, like there's more to eat. So like if I bring up like, <laughs> oh my God, where'd you hear that? Or did you make that I up? I made that up. Oh my um, God. Yeah. But like so like if I like ask me how I'm doing, I'm saying like I'm dealing with X, Y and Z like the the possibility of you dealing with one of those is pretty likely or you having past experience so it just opens up the book a little bit more um i love that saying when you bring more to the table you have more to eat yeah when you bring more food to the table like 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 thanksgiving yeah exactly so i, I try to kind of bring like a like That's a thanksgiving awesome. I love feast that with me uh in in conversation with when people. you get famous you should and you're like in like a documentary or something you for like comedy you should um definitely like coin that saying oh yeah that's good uh, i'll have to remember that i'll probably forget about it but if i get famous but... for you i might steal it that's fine but i'll give you credit that's cool <laughs> that's fine you can do that um now speaking of the improv so you so 
I wanted to ask you about this just because I think it's interesting and it could be interesting for people to hear. So you were you worked the door at the improv for a very long time, which has got to be a real. You keep saying very long time. I don't know if I like. Seems like a long time to me. It was like two and a half years. All right, that's not a very long time. Okay, it was a it was a. For a period of time. A period of time, yeah. It's not like it was like two days, okay? No, but it wasn't like like 10 years. But you became, I know, I get it, but you became immersed in the culture of the improv. Mm -hmm. And I, well, I just find that intriguing. I was talking to uh, a fellow comedian, Joe Marisi, about it last night because he works at the comedy store now. And I just was like asking him, like, isn't it cool, like... Like there's got to be parts of it that are like really cool because I always like envy people and I asked Eleanor a lot about it too because she was she was she did work at the comedy store for ten years. Oh really? Yeah, um, yeah. and she just has so many cool stories mm-hmm. and because you just get to see so many so much of the behind the scenes like because for all, for those of us that are comedians like that's a community that's feeling connected is like being at the club and like you Very know like so. me like me being there last night like I was I run. Uh, was co- producing the We the People show in the lab, but then you know you you stay and because you mm-hmm. see people and then your friends are performing in the next show and it's just like a really neat community I think to be a part of and I think it's what gets a lot of us through be doing something that's so hard because comedy is mm-hmm. truly the hardest thing it's really hard you know yeah it is the hardest thing wouldn't you agree with that though yeah I think it's the hardest thing and it's so important to have like a, a home basis or a home group something like that. Where you can go and like you'll know like my all-time favorite fucking people to hang out with are comics. Yeah, I love I I love hanging out because there's like nothing you can say like it's everyone's such an open book. Yeah, there's, there's really nothing you can say like some like I have like for example I have a day job and sometimes I have to watch I have to guard my tongue because I forget yeah. that like I can't just roll up like talking about like you know my dick swinging yeah 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 you, know, yeah, I, you can't do that <laughs> I, yeah, yeah I want to like you know but like like, like, like sometimes like I'll, I'll slip and I'll just like I'll just, you'll get too comfortable I'll get way too comfortable way too fast people are just like whoa whoa slow down like I've had someone say you can't say that to me yeah and like I, I didn't even think about like it's, I didn't even think about it being you're already getting, getting, getting reported to HR yeah yeah <laughs> just already just said, like, like Graham what? talked about his dick again yeah, today yeah talking about dick cheese yeah. like what? <laughs> Why? You know what? It's so funny, though, because I, you know, like, and you know this about my background, because I've shared this with you before, and I talk about it a lot on the podcast, is, like, I, it's so weird to me sometimes looking back, like, because I had this whole other, like, life, it seems. like You did, yeah, your past was, life. Yeah, I was, like, married, and I worked in corporate or whatever, mm-hmm. and I, I know what it feels like, and this was before I was doing comedy full-time, and I know what it feels like to be in an environment where you are so filtered, and, and so it makes you so much not yourself and you it's almost like I was two different people like I was like work Shannon and then like I'd hang out with people after work and they're like whoa you're actually like really cool yeah and I'm like I am really cool all the time but it it was so suffocating to me to not be who I was all the time even in the parts that are might might be inappropriate like kind of what you're saying because like I think when you're a comedian like a and you know I like I think I've told you this before too I like the word comedian versus comic because I feel like comedian is like it's like when you're it's like really like you're doing it you know like Mm -hmm. when you're a comedian i feel like and it's like something you really love it's like that true form of expression and you just really can't like get that in any other profession because even acting you're you're somebody else and i don't really enjoy that that's what i say is like i i think like any comedians like if they were ever to have like their ideal role is just playing themselves Yes. You know, like that's all I, that because that's all we want to do is get to the foundation of who we are. That's really what we're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And honestly, like some comedians can be very, very 
very talented actors, of course. Like, I, I just watched the Robin Williams documentary the other day. I don't know if you've seen it. And it's the fucking best thing I, I've ever seen. I have to be, like, emotionally prepared, like, because I know I'll cry. I cried within the first 10 minutes. Of course. Um, Even seeing, like, uh, his uh, old photos of him makes me kind of sad. I, I know. Teary, teary. And it's because, you know what I just decided, though, when I after I watched the documentary? I decided that, well, because he was such a brilliant actor, too. And, that's, and yeah. I, that's, what, that's what really made me think about that. Like, how he was so able to, like... But he also plays characters really well. But see, even playing characters doesn't necessarily make you a good actor because the character is your, if, unless it's your character. If it's like something somebody else wrote and they didn't write it for you, like, which doesn't happen for people like you and me, like, it's really hard because, at least for me, I, I have found that the best acting that I've done, I don't know if you would call it acting. I like, I was just in this thing, like, t- two weeks ago was really just somebody writing a very general character and just letting me take it somewhere. Yeah, but definitely. That's, that's like not something we get like the creative freedom to do really, you know? All right, now Callie's like, Callie's acting like a bitch. Hey, Callie. What do I do? Yeah. All right, well, I paused it and now we're back because I had to, uh, I had to really give, Ka- you know, I had to, I had to uh, discipline Callie and it clearly didn't work. Um, because she's going to start again and detract from the conversation. See, that's just that's just fueling her. Oh, no. But um, if she does do it again, then we'll have to pause it. But okay. what were you saying? Oh, so um, Robin Williams. So yeah, the whole thing with him like being a really good actor, like a, a brilliant actor, actually. But what I decided, okay, so what I was trying, what I'm trying to fucking tell you, if Callie doesn't fucking stop um, detracting from this very great conversation is that with the uh i decided that robin williams is like the ultimate like 100 percent. i can't i can't with this fucking dog oh my god callie's really in, in it like she's so she's responsibly raging right now yeah she's except so- i it's it's just detracting from our podcast <laughs> So we're back again. What did I just say to her? That I was... wish you guys could have heard what Shannon just said to discipline her dog. She looked straight in her dog's face and said, do you want to live here forever? I said live somewhere else oh, forever. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like you would give your dog, like if your dog kept being bad, that you would put it up for adoption and put him in a foster home. I'll give her a fucking suitcase and stick her on a bus and then see how far she makes it. <laughs> <laughs> not far I mean I would at least pack her a lunch but that'd be, that'd be cute yeah that would be cute wouldn't it um but yeah that but she yeah she gets very very like annoying when people are over and it seems like when I do the podcast she's like, like during those serious moments that's probably when yes, she like, needs to it, break no, it up it's always it's always like that but I'm like but I'm like but in that kind of like that's kind of like comedic in a way that like we're talking about Robin Williams and his death and then we just get interrupted by this hilarious dog I know and, she, and something you know? just took over her and she's like blah, 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 blah. I'm crazy like pants wailing yes she's yeah. just being and now she's just she's and, and her ears are back so she's so happy that means she's happy oh wow yeah so she's happy yeah. so clearly I am my dog does own me she does yeah there you go yeah because I I because I don't like to like spanker i don't think that's like a good thing to do no and i love her so much that i don't want to make her feel bad i just want her to feel like mildly bad not like really bad you you know point across that you're like hey hey missy 
you know you need to stop this right now well and also oh here's another thing you you have to know just for the rest of the podcast so we can get through this Uh um I'm very much enjoying it, but I just don't want it to go till tomorrow. You know what I mean? Um, it, because of Callie, you can't make eye contact with her. Okay, good because that know. that fuels her. Yeah, because then yeah, she's yeah. like, "Oh, you're paying attention to me. I'm gonna do a little, oh, yeah. little. I'm gonna dance for you, and now you're here for me." Blah blah blah. But That's th- really funny. there is something about a microphone too that makes her like extra crazy. Yeah, it, I mean, I think. So she's probably the I, right dog for me to have. I kind of get it though. Like, if I was a pet and I saw my owner talking into like, it's kind of like phallic. Yeah, it's kind of like you're talking into like a, like a, I mean, for a dog, like a kind of talking into like a, a black dick, <laughs> kind of like that. They're, they're, your dog's probably like wondering like what's going on, like what is Ye- this? Yeah, it like? might look like a toy, but she's never tried to play with it or anything. Oh yeah, it could look like a toy, I guess. Yeah, That's good. I mean, if Callie likes black dicks, like I, I support her. I, don't, I think she should go out with whoever she wants to, but I, I would never like restrict her from that. But I also think that she should try to save it for when I'm not trying to have conversations with people mm-hmm. into those black dicks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess the black dick just kind of came in and she was all about it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. That could mm-hmm. that could very much be it. Mm-hmm. Okay, now she's passed out in her favorite spot, nice. um, which is basically her ruining my carpet um, all the time because she sticks her paws under my carpet. Um, anyways, w- enough about her. She's taking up too much airtime. Yeah. So what I was going to say about the Robin Williams thing is that what I decided was that why am I screaming now um (laughs) I'm like yelling at you I'm like just listen to me um as if you have anyone else to listen to um that he like watching the documentary just kind of and I was also uh like a little high when I watched it so you know how like sometimes when you're when you're high you like think yeah high emotions yeah 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 Yeah. and you also think like on deep like on deeper and more ridiculous levels you know you're way more vulnerable when you're high yeah it's like it opens up like another dimension of like thinking and so when i was so that's probably why i thought this but when i was watching it i thought man he's like the ultimate he's like he's like because and i thought about it after david letterman said something because david letterman said this guy just comes into the comedy store and he's just like doing this craziest thing doing mm-hmm. the craziest thing you know and everybody knows what that sort of looks like on stage for for him and it and it's not like really anything he like like you've ever seen before and then basically letterman's like and we're all just trying to get through like our eight minutes of like prepared jokes yeah, of like the jokes we thought about forever yeah and robbins is going up there freestyle and and you know i mean obviously it's, but he has just like this magisterial complex it's almost like I've never God, heard that like, word before, magisterial. It's kind of, yeah, it's like, because it's kind of like, he, he, he's like his own divine ordinance in a way. Like, it's, he's so like, yeah, like people like that just kind of like float. They they kind of like, they have their own, they like, they, they generate their own like, such like aura that, you know, it's like, it's a very special thing when something like that comes around. It's not very often it does. No, it, it, you're right. And like. And so when Letterman was like, you know, we're just like standing up here with our eight minutes of jokes and with our feel like dick sh- in our hand. Yeah, they, and they feel like, like when you see Robin, they're probably like, fuck. Well, no, shit. he even says, and I mean, I, I'm not telling you too much. You'll you'll see it for mm. yourself. But he says, he's like, we didn't know what to think of him at first. And we weren't sure about him. Like, I don't know that if, if, uh, if he, I don't know if he was insinuating that he maybe Robin at first wasn't the most popular potentially popular yeah, amongst the comics like at first because people also like what the fuck is this because it was also very raw at the time so it's yeah. like it was just it was just like whatever but then they saw him like handle something where like 
the crowd was being a bunch of dicks and the microphone went out and he just like got in the crowd at, just went on the ground level and just walked around for like an hour and it was just like that's magic most magical thing mm, and I would so, love to see that but oh what I loved about but what it made me decide because there's there's always been parts of me that look at somebody who's so brilliant and so good and it used to make me feel bad about myself like ugh, I'm never gonna be that good uh-huh, and that uh-huh. and that sucks uh-huh. but this did the opposite for me. I thought I'm never going to be that good, but that's okay. Cause that means I'm also never going to be that tortured because to be that good, you kind of, you kind of have to be that tortured and, and I'm going to be more like, hopefully like a letterman mm-hmm. with eight minutes and my proverbial dick in my hand. Mm-hmm. Well, letterman had a pretty fucking good career. Yeah. He had a decent career. It's, it's So I'm just saying like, you can still be such a great influence without being the ultimate influence. And it's okay to like not well, be that person, but to learn from that person and let that person exist. It's, it's, it was a good lesson for me because I feel like he's up here and we're all just like shards of him. Do you know? Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. I'm, and I think that's like, you could even take that another step further. It's like, yeah, you may, you'll never be, I don't think you'll not, not necessarily ever be as good as him, but you'll never be him. Yeah. And so like, there's this great quote that I love. It's like, You're it, full of them. it goes, you mustn't mind what other people do. If their souls are your soul, it'd be different. Remember you stand and fall by your own sword. And it's a waste of time to think of anyone else in this battle. And I had to, and, wow. I, and I had to really take that to heart sometimes because, you know, sometimes when you Will see you say the last part again about the sword. Oh yeah. It's, say um, slower. yeah, it's, um, I'm a little tired yeah, today, so yeah, my brain you must didn't have, it. You must admire what other people do. If their soul were your soul, it'd be different. Remember, you, f- you, f- you live and die by your own sword, and it's a waste of time to think of anyone else in this battle. Wow, that's you very, know? very poignant. It's very poignant. It's, it's very poignant in, in context to comedy. And oh, totally. Because, like, say you see someone that's maybe rising faster or getting more shows, and then you have to put it in perspective. You're like, oh, this person's getting sh- getting a- other more shows, but then you're like, this person's not me at all. This person is like a whole different person. Yeah. You know, this person's not even a girl, or like this person's not even a this. This is a whole different. Yeah. This person's, you know, this person is is. You can't compare uh, your success to other, and you can't compare yourself to others because they're not even. Yeah, because you're you, and that's what makes you good at what you do. Very special. And also, like, there's people. I I go through this all the time. I've become a lot better at not like doing that thing where I like compare myself to others and then I'm like, ah, but I also think to myself, well, I've been wait, I've wasted some of my own time just fucking getting the, you know, I call it the light beam, like not being in the light beam or harnessing the light beam every day like those and what I call the light beam it's like those days where you wake up and you're just like I'm amazing at this I can do anything I like I'm like I am gonna do all the things today and you have like a great day and like you, mm. and you believe in yourself it's about believing in yourself and then I have other days where I'm like Ugh, am I really that good at this like yeah, I think I think I you know we all go through that but I and I'm and, and it's because I let those other influences like social media and all that other shit social media is a, is a torture chamber but for... i think when you really believe in yourself all the time which is not an easy thing to do especially in this profession because mm. it's so hard and you're already so vulnerable it's easy to fall into that trap of like making feeling like sad because you're like i'm never gonna be that good or oh why is this person rising up and i blah blah blah, blah. but i'm like but what do you do but then i always think say to myself well what am i doing to not be at the place I want to be. And do I even want to be where they are? I mean, sometimes you, it's easy to be like, oh, they got this fucking, I don't know, like 
just for laughs or they got like this or they got this i want to get just for laughs. i know me too but you know they got these in montreal but they but they're but sometimes people end up in places where i'm like well that's not even really what i'm building so it makes sense that i wouldn't even get that anyway yeah yeah it's just easy to fall into that trap you know you have to kind of work through it but robin's documentary for me was a bit of a breakthrough because i'm like to watch the best one of all the ones that there's no doubt that this was the best one it's it, it takes a lot of your personal happiness away and i i think that about a lot of like creative geniuses because traditionally those people that have it all like have all of that are are, are, are traditionally tortured mm-hmm. yeah. people like a jerry i looked at like i don't know if you know a lot about jerry garcia from the grateful dead but i think that it made me feel like a lot of robin williams is like him but- jerry garcia seinfeld no are you kidding (laughs) (laughs) well the great one is like my favorite band but like but like garcia jerry garcia was like kind of very very similar in terms of like how he had to do it to live like Mm -hmm. he it was like breathing for him like like even when they would take breaks and his body would be deteriorating like they he had to still be making music because when he wasn't doing that he was a tortured soul yeah and robin williams was very much the same way as it related to like comedy and performing so i'm like i would never want it to take that from me take uh, take that much from my life Mm -hmm. you know like so it's like pick your poison so it almost in a way not his torture made me feel better it was just that I appreciate him for everything that he brought, but like, I guess it made me more okay with like what, with what Letterman was saying. Like, like I'm just a guy who tells jokes like really well, but like, I'm not that, but that's okay. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's it's just yeah. A good, it was like a yeah. good thing. It was a good thing for me to see. Cause now when I see people getting success or having success or in places that I want to be, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get there. And mm-hmm. like, they're going to, they sh- I'm going to, I want them to inspire me to get there. Unless of course they don't fucking deserve it. But like, I want them to inspire me to get there versus me be like jealous of them because I'm it's not so there. It's so exciting to think about what you could accomplish and what you could do if you like just stick with it. And got out of your own way. And got, yeah. I mean, just to think about like, I mean, making, just like making a living from comedy is a, is my dream. And it's just so like, hard, but it's so, it's, yeah, but it's, you know, like it's doable and like, yeah, it is. And you're right. Sometimes like you can get done doing a show or you get done and, talking you, to Mike. and you feel like, so you feel like you're, you're so close to like it. Yes. And then like, it can literally be like a, a momentary lapse. And then you're just like completely like in your own head again. You're like, Fuck, what am I doing? But like, it, yeah, it's just like, I think I doing mean, shitty shows can take a toll on you too. I think being in LA, I see, I felt like very, I felt like as of recent that like, I feel like very much like a caged bird and that I just want to like really just like, you know, spread my wings and like really just because like the thing that makes me the most happy is, is, is comedy and making people laugh and, and being creative. Like I think, you know, I think humans were put on this earth to create and I think that's like such a amazing process to do that and, yeah. and when like i was telling you earlier like when i when i'm not being creative i feel stifled and i start and i break lamps you know like that's <laughs> responsibly. why responsibly yeah i mean i think that's why like i mean literally <laughs> like i feel you, i'm laughing about the two dollar bracelets like $2. why you even bought them in the first place god i bought for a pool party it was a fourth of july pool party my sponsor invited me to this pool party and it was the worst pool party it was such a douchey pool party and i ended up leaving and i ended up eating my feelings that day i like probably four thousand calories worth of food oh my god stopped okay so i went to this pool party and everyone was like i went with like this crew people i didn't really know that well and it was at the uh 
was at the uh, what was that called? The uh, Mandarin Hotel uh-huh. Sky Bar. Uh huh. And it was just like EDM music, which I already hate. Yeah. And everyone there was just like fucking blown out of their minds and yeah just partying i had to just get out of there and i was like yeah. i got like a super bad panic attack so i was like let me go why would your sponsor invite you to a party like that people are- he, because he was like it's a place to be so you're not alone right but if people are doing you said people were doing blow there i'm sure they were i mean i wasn't offered any but i can always spot it a little yeah nose nostril and you i know. can see it from a mile away now like people are like people oh are like oh my god like this yeah. it's like yuck you know I, one thing i have to say about like i'm Let's always talk about cocaine i'm an expert in this well i used to do a lot of it when i was in college and uh-huh. i did my enough to where i got to a point where i was like i have to stop because like i were you doing it sober Yes. Okay. I never got to that. But I mean, I was just. Drinks I mean, were always like involved at some point, but like course. there was a point where it was like, I it, it was this weird it was this weird college. I mean, this weird summer. I oh my god, my mom listens to my podcast. I'm um, sorry, mom. Um, that that I lived at Clemson, but it's good because it taught me s- some stuff about myself. And we were so bored because we were in like bum- bumfuck South Carolina, and I only a couple of my friends were there. And that summer, I failed two summer school classes, <laughs> and you don't even have to take summer school. That's so I hilarious. voluntarily spent money money and i fucking failing i voluntarily failed uh-huh. and then it it like fucking hurt my gpa like pretty bad and because i failed in the summer and it's like why did i but it was only because i like was so well, into college at that point i actually didn't want to go home and i did so, the same thing i i i spent so a, stupid. a summer in oxford mississippi and uh at old miss and had the best summer of my life it's just i because i didn't want to go home go to class for an hour or two a day and the rest of the day you know just take flows by the pool you know what this this summer wasn't good though my i i failed two two classes i was doing coke like all the time i <laughs> ended up owing a, i was so poor that i ended up owing a coke dealer twenty dollars and i i would like hide from him at parties oh my god yeah i know and okay that's not that it bad gets, of Deb, it but gets like, worse it's funny. oh Uh-oh. it gets worse okay my friend my one of my few friends that was there that summer had sex with my boyfriend in my house while I was sleeping. Oh, that's brutal. And I drove my car into a bar. (laughs) (laughs) That is great. Not on purpose. Like, yo, like no one drives their car into a you drive your home your car home drunk from a bar into a ditch but you don't drive your car into a bar i drove my car into a bar (laughs) (laughs) that's super funny and i know and you know what is funny about that is that okay so i randomly one of my best friends um also went to clemson and she lives here and so she knows like random clemson people in la that i don't know that i've become friend like friendly with but i didn't know them in college one guy was older than that has this guy justin and and I, we were just like talking. So we went to the same school, but we didn't have like we he was totally like a, I think he was like a senior when I was a he freshman. He was a townie probably. Yeah. He, he well, he laughed after like, you know, he, I think he, I don't even know if we were there at the same time because he's like 40 or something. He was but, lurking. But either way. No, but listen, he's I told him that story. I didn't tell him like I, I didn't really tell him about like my uh, fucking self-destructive summer, but I did, I, but I did make a comment or no, maybe Bridget brought it up about like, Oh my God, Shannon, we always make a joke about Shannon cause she had a Pontiac grand dam. And we said she turned it into a Pontiac sunfire. Cause, <laughs> cause I like bent the frame of my car. I literally like you, like if you bend the frame of your car, <laughs> so you've funny. actually changed the shape of your car. <laughs> and he was like, 
Like atomically, you've changed a molecule. And I know. And he was like, oh, my God. And I was like, well, I lived around the corner. And I because uh, I was like and I um, accidentally like drove my car into the SO. It was called. He was like, oh. He's like, you're the person? He's like, we have been wondering who that person... And this was after he wasn't even in college anymore. He and his friends had graduated and heard that somebody drove their car into a, into the SO. So you're like folklore. Yeah, but nobody ever <laughs> knew it was me. Nobody knew it was me because it was like this dead summer where like no one was there. It was at like... That's amazing. It was at like four in the morning. And then I think the tow truck driver... Were he- you driving to get some dick? I was going to kill someone, actually. So it's really good that oh, I, I didn't make no. it. Oh, yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Tell me. Who are you killing? Oh, my God. This was actually... So this was oh kind God, of... This is juicy. This is... Uh, yeah, I always forget that this even happened. So Probably for good for a I was... I'll tell, like, the amended version. So we were at a costume party in the summer... Because we were clearly bored. I don't know. And it was like not really like my regular friends. It was like my work friends. And I worked at Ruby Tuesday. So it was like my Ruby Tuesday friends. Clutch. And oh no, this it's so stupid. So we were out some somewhere far away <laughs> at a costume party. So I dressed up like a hooker at this party where I knew no one. Um, so this guy, he was so cool. His name was Lake. Lake. <laughs> He came in from Charleston to Ruby Tuesday just for the party because he was so cool. That's like for the party in those buffalo sliders. Oh my god! And this guy was such a turd, and he like, and I, I mean, I also um, drank a lot at this party, but he, he like he was kind of antagonizing me the whole party, and he kept like he was like pretty and like rude and stuff. And I, I remember at one point I said to him, I was like, look, just because I'm dressed like a hooker doesn't mean I am one, okay? <laughs> and he was like, he was being like inappropriate, so. I but then in between all of the lakes and appropriateness, I took a hit from like like a four foot bong um, a couple times, mm. and I like really didn't smoke weed back then. So mm. and also that's like aggressive, you know. That's, that's a very aggressive move. So yeah. I you were in you were in fucking and I was orbit. Like, I was like on a farm at a, a farm party dressed like a hooker with people I barely knew. So he kept going oh. for it and like just being like he was being like. So, like such a misogynistic piece of shit so and then he like was playing the guitar I remember so at one point he said something after I w- do you know got- what he was playing on the guitar uh, it was like uh, I'm a fucking loser and I hate my I, I hate myself and like I probably like rape people like that's what the song he, he was uh. just being so awful <laughs> obviously I'm still charged about this yeah so at one point Lake pissed me off so much and he said one thing too many and I had I was fucked up. So I took his guitar out of his hands and I put it over my head and I was like, I'm going to fucking smash this guitar because you're a piece of shit. And then he grabbed me and, and like, and like started like tackled me and like started no. to like beat me up a little bit. Are you serious? Yeah. And at first I think the people at the party thought he was kidding. So like they were like laughing and stuff, but then they didn't realize in, t- in t- are you kidding? Like right now in another heavy story. Another great story. You have to let her get up. Just let her get up here. Come on. Um Come on. Yeah, move that and then just go like that. Come yeah. On. Oh my god, Callie. So and I don't know what she's going to do here. So in another uh so in a fit of rage, I like like I like tried to fight him back. It was like kind of all a blur. But then he started to like choke me a little and I got really scared. And I like started to cry and then everybody realized it was like fake. But although I Wait, fake or real? I mean real. But I that's what I meant. But I um I was like, all those people at that party were dicks. How could they even let this guy like who I who was their friend, not my friend, talk to me this way and then like even like ha- like be able to like 
tackle me. Like, that's not funny, you know? So the whole thing made me feel really really degraded and really like violated mm-hmm. and so somebody drove me home because I was like really upset and then I as I and I, I didn't speak the whole way home and then when I got home I went into the kitchen and I started pulling out like knives and stuff oh and my then God. no but listen but then I was like oh my god I don't want to like kill someone because I like don't want to go to jail. So then I like put the knives back and I got like tongs and like spoons and like <laughs> yeah, just like got, scoop this guy's I eyes basi- out. I basically got every weapon from my kitchen that couldn't kill you but could probably like hurt you somehow. Like I hadn't really thought it through. That's but it's great. it's called response. Like that's response. It's like you yeah, have, yeah, you're responsible no, that's, rampage. That's, that, that's responsible raging. Yeah. For so sure. I I threw a bunch of tongs and like. Uh, I might have included like a fork, but it was a small one. Um, big, big wooden spoons. So it kind of looked like you were maybe like coming back from Bed Bath and Beyond. At this yeah, point. but I was like, if I, I was like, if I like hit him with a big wooden spoon like it's a bat, I was like, that's gonna hurt, you know. Yeah, of so course. it's like, but it's not gonna kill him, no. you know. So I did not, I did not include any knives, um, and because I didn't trust myself enough to, to anyway. But I also was like, I'm like a scared, like I was like a scared like 19 year old white girl i'm like i'm not gonna yeah. stab someone um so anyways i throw all this shit back in my all this like this crazy stuff from like my bathroom out in my car and i make a right i make a left and the left no i'm sorry i made a left and then i made a right but i made a right a little too soon because I, I went to go make a right at the road but instead i just made a right into the bar Damn. That's yeah, a- because I was really fucked up too. Yeah. So then, obviously. when the guy came, um, when the uh, the tow truck guy came, I was like laying in the middle of the road, <laughs> <laughs> just in utter defeat. Yes. And I was like, "Please don't call the cops." He was like, "I feel." He's like, "I won't," because I I feel really bad for you. I was like, "Plus, my house is like right there. I can like walk home and stuff." I had my car towed like not even a block, because I had to get it out of the bar. I couldn't leave it there. I'd, I'd get caught. Did it do damage? Yeah. I dr- there's a car mark in the bar. There's like I like I. Did you sc- drive through wall? Yeah, like partially because I I bent the frame. Think about it. I bent the frame of my car. Do you know how hard that you have to That's hit a plate so a thing? And yeah. I didn't even get hurt or anything, which thank God. Yeah. Um, or and- no one else got hurt. Thank God. I was well, re- it was like four in the morning. I mean, yeah, no, it wasn't even open. Yeah, but you know, you never know. There's of like course, a, you're right. I know. Don't make me feel bad, Graham. I'm not I know. making you feel bad. You're fine now. No, I'm fine now. So, yeah. so then, the, but I have to tell you one baller thing that did happen from this. Um, just because, like, it's probably been long enough that I can say it now and whatever. Yeah. My so I I called my ex boyfriend who was going to school in North Carolina at the time. Um, in when I was like in the middle of this street, like laying, like just like laying there, and I told him what happened, and he would like talk to me through it, and he was like, get his information for me. And this guy was not like a, a fighter, like he was n- he was nothing like that, but he did. No, he did have one connection that I don't know a lot about, and that's not even anything I had thought about. But he said get his information, so I somehow was able to get his name, his full name, and his address in uh, South Car- in Charleston. And two weeks later, his car got blown up, and that oh was my God. and my ex boyfriend got hit in the head with a pipe when we were in high school and that guy's car got blown up. So this guy, this very Whoa. unassuming guy, just like somebody you would never think, just had some sort of a connection and that's not where I was going with wow. it. But he didn't die or anything. No, that's I thought that's that's great. That's I great. mean, I kind of thought it was like pretty 
like i was like damn i have i have like fucking power like i know people like i didn't know that he could do that you know that's crazy yeah i definitely hooked up with him after that for that reason you oh, know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah fuck him i stopped it i stopped in north carolina on my way home to new jersey i was like what's up yeah yeah what's up thanks i'm here for a little thank you that was awesome yeah but he never told me though he never admitted it yeah yeah no no no. we never really talked about it because it it was you know but i'm like 19 years old and i have tongs my my solution was to hit the guy in the head with a wooden spoon yeah and tongs and and poke him with tongs and you you probably gotten more hurt honestly like i would have that's why i mean everything happens for a reason yeah to be honest and like i learned my lesson like and i think i really cleaned my act up at well, that's a lie. I didn't really clean my act up after I drove into the bar, but like, I, I, I definitely like reevaluated like where I was at, like with, you know, all like some pretty poor decisions. Yeah. But I just kind of went through the darkest summer of my life. This is a dark podcast, I would say, a dark episode. Of I don't think the podcast. it's dark. I think it's, I, I think it's like, uh, just pretty like, you know, truthful. It is. I mean, I mean, that was so. It, that's what happened. Yeah, you know, you, you do have to get to those dark places. You got to hit those, like, bottoms to be able to, like, even have perspective to see right. where the light is at the end of at the tunnel. Because, you know, like, that's happened so many times with, like, or, you know, something just like the stupidity of, of youth. And, and then you do something that's just, like, you know, just so ridiculously stupid. And yeah. then, like... And then after a while, it just stops becoming cute. And it's just like, all right, this is like, oh, this is just me being an asshole now. Yeah, I think, right? yeah, I think that you have to, yeah, it's just about like learning from your mistakes and all that. And I don't even, to be honest with you, I don't remember how we got, even got on this story of. I have no idea. We're talking of, Robin Williams and then we just started talking about you know, <laughs> our problems. Our problems, yeah. That's what, it's, that's what it's for. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so it was actually funny because I, the reason why I, I, th- I turned it into a bit a little bit because I was on this weird show at West Side Comedy like a couple years ago. It was like, I don't remember. It was like this weird show one of those like gimmicky kind of shows where like you have they interview your best friend in advance and then you have to like answer the questions on stage or something. I forget. And so my friend Bridget who lives here, I I said you know talk to her she's known me since i was like 19 and but we weren't like that close in college we got closer when we when she moved to la but um i she they pulled up something and it was a pontiac sunfire and i was like oh shit because i had a grand dam and and her but it wasn't about the bar she just got the car model wrong because mm-hmm. she was because it was like tell us a story about this tell us a story about this mm-hmm. you know about and I was so I so I had to figure it out because I didn't have a grand I didn't have a sunfire so I was like oh well I had a grand dam I was like but I have a story about how I one time turned it into a sunfire and that's how I kind of got that oh, yeah yeah so it actually helped rolling. me yeah it helped me create like a pretty good like that's so bit. funny yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean I don't know why I brought that up but that was where the sunfire reference came from I guess because it makes it sort of funny when you think about it i just think the image of you like crashing your car into the bar is funny and like sprawled out on the street just like like in total you're just totally you're just i was like starfished in the middle of the road and that's so and then the guy comes and he's like don't worry you're you've already had a rough night so i'm not just go home and go to sleep like this this tow truck guy so nice of him yeah i I know you would have called the cops if i did something like that well i think he knew it was i mean I must have really made a case <laughs> for yeah. him to feel bad for me, you know? Um, 
but yeah i guess like that that's oh that it, it was the cocaine story that was oh, when yeah. i was doing tons of cocaine so it's like oh, i oh yeah, yeah i just yeah. went down a fucking rabbit hole there but that's what my whole life is a tangent mm-hmm. and i also think that that's what this podcast is too no yeah it's you know i think it's important to follow like it should you just know, be called tangent tangent playing with tangents playing with tangents and that'll get that like kind of like a mathematical feel to it also. actually get those nerds up in this biatch i mean playing because i don't really always talk about sports anymore i mean i do, I, I do sometimes but it's because i started this podcast with my friend um yeah whatever happened with that not for the podcast okay uh, oh she didn't want to do the podcast anymore so i took it over and sort of revamped it okay okay so i kind of made it into more of like a it's still like scott sports related stuff but i like sometimes like if i do have an athlete on here i like to talk about how like athletes like how like the, the perseverance and like the it's the things that you're that are instilled in athletes like relate to comp how you have to be as a comic mm-hmm. and and c- comedy is sort of like a sport like i you know there's a reason why they call like the roast battle like verbal boxing mm-hmm. it's like boxing you know and you can relate being on stage to like persevering in a in a sport and you want to, to you know it's like a, it, like having that athlete sort of background i think is like an interesting parallel you know what's interesting about that is like it's kind of almost like being an athlete, your your career is dependent on so much of your body. Oh, talking to the mic. Uh, dependent on so much of your body, whereas yeah. like where you where like when you're creative, like you have much more of a like longevity with your career. But like it's crazy. I was listening to a podcast and there uh, with uh, f- a few ex NFL players the other day, and they're talking about just like how how uh, a lot of athletes get depression after they are retired because you're part of this unit, this team yeah. unit. And then afterwards, you're just like, you're just out. Cool, what the fuck do I do now? Yeah, and it's so early I'm, I'm in your life, I'm 28 too. years old. What, yeah. I start a car dealership? You know, my favorite my favorite football player of all time has been very open about, like, he's had depression and he tried to commit suicide. Wow. And thankfully, he has, like, this wonderful wife and he gave her and he gave her a lot of credit because he just got inducted into the Football Hall of Fame. He's he, he went to Clemson and he played for the Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles, and, you know, so... Uh, and he's just, like, the, the, uh, the leader of like the free world the free world and of of uh defensive players uh, that played on his team but he but you know and, and it's not completely related to that but it's talking about like those types of things where and he had like such a grounding presence and he was very connected bringing it back to like what we were talking about earlier he's very connected with his wife and she was and she was like able to be that force that like saved him basically so you know, I think that there's something to be said when we were talking earlier about like when you're going through the darkest of times, like having that connection and that community is like so important. It's so important because you they say if you want to go if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah, I might have said that a little bit wrong, but I but you get my point, right? Yeah, I mean it is like if you get want to get somewhere fast, go alone. If you want to get somewhere, if you want to get further go together so it's about like the, the people connection and the community i mean and think about how much encouragement and like just connection you need sometimes just to be able to like i'm so so much so I'm, much yeah so much and it's like i mean it, it's like a nine day difference when um i'm around people like you know the surgeon general the old uh, last uh, surgeon general when he was leaving his term in office he, he was asked like what the biggest like epidemic is and in the United States, and he goes, it's isolation. It's this isolation epidemic. The that Surgeon General said that. Surgeon General, out of he says, more uh, malevolent than cancer, and 
you know, all these other things. He's like, isolation is what is going to be like, is what's really killing, killing people. Interesting. And like, I could yeah, see that. Yeah. And like, I, I've experienced that so firsthand and, you know, like I'm trying to get better about going out and just like being around people, but sometimes it's just hard to do that. But whenever I do do that, like every single time without fail, I feel better. Or like when I do something creative, like when I podcast or do comedy or even write. You like to joke. like paint and stuff too, right? Like I would say that that's within the field or like, yeah, like I art. I haven't painted in a while, but yeah, I, I used to get high in paint. I used to like uh, to uh, yeah. listen to the Rolling Stones, drink some whiskey and paint. I feel like even though that just speaks to feeding that creative side where like when mine was like busting to come out when I was in the corporate world, like I would do all the, I remember one time um, my old, my ex boss came over and my ex husband to our house and my ex everything ex in my ex house was and my ex husband uh, had made a comment because he was like, "Oh, what are all these like little gatherings all over the house?" And it's like, "Oh, it's all Shannon's projects. Sometimes she doesn't finish them and they just stay there for a while, and other times like it becomes something weird." And my boss was always very like fascinated by like the stuff I did at home because he's like, he's like, "You like go home and like make weird projects and like they're all over your house and like your ex, your husband is just like, oh, that's like there was like a bunch of like little pearls or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that was supposed to be, but he's like, but it's like because I was trying to figure something out, like and a lot of would be failed projects because I didn't really know what they were for and they were like stupid but I like it was like the beginning of me really trying to like feed that part of me and I Mm. and I could like I I was that's the only way I could figure out how to do it you know yeah I used to freestyle rap in college and the frat house really yeah I was like pretty pretty well known amongst the uh the frat kids I would always uh freestyle rap at the parties and stuff like that and Yeah, that was like my kind of intro. Like when I moved out to, moved out to LA, I kind of wanted to be like a rapper. Like that was kind of my thing. Oh my god! I like, was gonna be Graham Doff the Wizard. Graham Doff the Wizard, or you could be like you could be like Candy Cane with like a K. Yeah, like KK Candy Cane. Well, not KK Candy Cane because yeah. you're from Mississippi and you're a white redheaded guy, so <laughs> <laughs> you want to have less K's in there. <laughs> yeah. H&M, from H&M, and like, 
Going and to like, eating eat, like, ice cream you addiction. You take an $8 car ride just to clear your head. <laughs> <laughs> eight miles there, eight miles back. That's all I guess I got. By the I way, you can't, you can't like, you can't like uh, have a nice clear your head drive in LA. Either. Anyway, I don't know what you're thinking, you know? I drove up to 101 and it was like a Saturday afternoon. It wasn't that you bad. You drove off of it? <laughs> I wish it was <laughs> If I didn't have to pay my car note, I wouldn't do that. I mean, honestly, I think you should just Uber somewhere next time just because like it, you could actually think uber somewhere for eight minutes it'll save you money and gas and you can at least sit in the back seat and like eat some of their candy what do thing. i do about my uh ice cream addiction right now because like i like i'm really like are you are you getting fat no i'm not but like i just like really crave ice cream and frozen yogurt all the time i think it's a really and i'm, and I'm acting on my i'm acting a lot of my impulses uh i think if you're if you're addicted to ice cream that's like an adorable addiction to have you know, you're like, you're like, I need to go get more soft serve. It's better than snorting cocaine, right? So mm-hmm. I would say it's fine. I'd say it's not bad. Have you had Halo Top ice cream? That's like, it's like healthy ice cream. I don't really food. eat ice cream a lot because I I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, that's nice. I need some of that. But no, it's not nice because if because I still like ice cream. Like I I like I like appreciate like the 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 merits of it. But uh-huh. then if I eat too much of it, then I have to like gassy. lay down. No, it, like it hurts sometimes, but I'm, it mostly just like makes me have to lay down. Oh, because my stomach hurts, and then yeah. I like You're gassy. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, oh my God, it's so stupid, but I auditioned for um, a milk commercial once, mm, and um, I had to, they had to interview me, and then I didn't get the job because they were like, because they were like, we don't even think you're lactose intolerant. They were like, we think you have a milk allergy. So I was like, well, at least you diagnosed me, even though I'm not getting the job, you know? So I wasn't in a milk commercial because apparently I'm not, uh, I did not answer the questions correctly. And based on my symptoms, a casting director told me I have a milk allergy. That's odd. That's- I know. Yeah. So that's how you learn things in LA. Yeah, seriously. Isn't it stupid? So I, when you ask if I go to the doctor, I'm like, no, I just like audition for like uh, things I might be allergic to. It's to find out if I'm really allergic to them. <laughs> it's like cheaper than going to the doctor. So much cheaper. <laughs> and you may get a roll out of it. You never that's know. That's actually kind of funny. Yeah, you could, you could write that into a bit. I'm going to write that into a bit. I just decided. I, All right, so we wrote some comedy on here. Some com- what, what bits did we talk about earlier? Oh, oh yeah. you oh, need to write one about raise. responsible rampaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you go back and listen to two of those things, it's so it's it, it's really it, funny. Yeah, yeah. That was like, the beginning of the podcast was super hot. When you're not, I know, Is it, is it are we are we losing it now? I think we're losing it. I mean, we could probably wrap it up. You know, I think we should soon. wrap it up, yeah. Well, here's, here's why I also think we could, because we actually did talk about sports a little bit, too. Sure, yeah, we did. Talk about your yeah. sister's cycling tattoo and how she um, regrets that, and then also about... How- um, athlete, something about an athlete. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. There, we, we mentioned sport in here. Well, Graham, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I had fun. I hope people feel better after they listen to this for a multitude of reasons. I think they will. I, I don't think there's any way that you cannot feel something after this. I, you're going to feel something. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You're definitely going to yeah. feel something. It's um, better than feeling nothing. It's I, better than just feeling platonic about it you're right you're you're ready i just said you're ready i meant to say you're right but i think <laughs> i'm just say, tired you redhead fuck. <laughs> i was going somewhere you reconcilable you you reconcilable rager you over yeah. here yeah well people definitely learn things and you can follow where can you follow yourself you can follow me on um you can follow me in person follow Graham and try on, not to cry uh, when you read Gower shit. street <laughs> in hollywood um no you can follow me at 
at Gramdolph. That's actually my handle for my Instagram. And also, I have a podcast called My Tight Hamstrings, which is really funny. It's just, if you like what you heard, it's a lot of me just being me. And try not to fall asleep while you're giving the information on how people can follow you. I feel like you're like falling asleep. No, right I'm now. just feeling all like yeah. cozy. And, and if stuff. you want to follow Graham, like literally follow him. He just gave you his address so you can stalk yeah. him. I have a red he car. He wants some stalkers. Yeah, I'll oh, love a stalker. Red, you have a red car and you have red hair. I know, it's a lot. I took this girl on a date one time and she, <laughs> she looked just... at my car and she was just too much red. <laughs> <laughs> Dead serious, though. So. Oh, my God. And I tried to kiss her and she didn't, wasn't, she get, wagged her finger in my face. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, well, it's because you, you really should switch it up with, like, you're too matchy-matchy there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Graham. Well, thanks right, for being thanks, on the Shan, podcast. Shan. Love you long time. I love you, girl. All right, bye, everyone. Bye.